Hello everybody and welcome back to In the Know, the Coloradoans weekly podcast. It's December 21st, the winter solstice, and it certainly feels like it. Sounds like we're in for some cold weather in the next few days. My name is Kevin Dugan. I'm a senior reporter and columnist for the Coloradoan. I've been out of the office and away from my in-the-know duties for quite a while. My wife and I just returned from a fascinating three-week vacation to Egypt and Jordan. I apologize in advance if my voice is raspier than usual. I'm still seriously jet-lagged and recovering from a cold caught, no doubt, on some long airplane ride. Planes are germ factories, you know, just like daycare facilities. Anyway, this week we'll talk about the stories that were most read on coloradoan.com as well as those that had the most community impact. Veteran sports reporter Kelly Lyle will join me to talk about how Cara State University's on-campus stadium performed during its first football season, as well as the prospects for the stadium and CSU's football program in the years to come. We'll also take a look at what's coming up for Colorado and readers over the upcoming Christmas weekend. Historically, online and print readership drops off over holidays as people relax with family and friends and consciously unplug from the 24-hour news cycle. On the other hand, some folks look for things to read after all that time with family and friends proves to be too much. If that happens, keep us in mind. Crime stories grab the attention of readers, as they always do. One of the top stories from last week involved a Front Range Community College student who allegedly pulled a handgun on an instructor at the school when confronted about cheating on a test. Fort Collins police say Brittany Schoonover, 26, reportedly pulled a semi-automatic gun from her pocket. Security personnel detained her until police arrived. Schoonover was arrested on suspicion of felony menacing, felony possession of a weapon on school grounds, and two misdemeanors. In another incident, three men were arrested by Loveland police after allegedly attempting to force a woman into their car at the Outlet Mall near Interstate 25. Allegedly, a gun was brandished during the incident. The arrest came after a chase that prompted the closure of I-25. The men, 20-year-old Emmanuel Hagos, 22-year-old David McGankeke, and Devian Leal, 18, were arrested on suspicion of numerous felony and misdemeanor charges. Another well-read story was about Fort Collins police investigating the apparent disappearance of a 41-year-old woman. Kimberly Graves has been missing since early December. Her car was found abandoned in a downtown parking garage, and her home appeared to have been ransacked. Fort Collins police say they are struggling to make contact with people who might have information about her whereabouts. The Colorado one will continue to follow this story. So my friend Kelly Lyle is joining us now. He's a veteran Colorado and sports reporter and a frequent guest on In the Know. Kelly, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. So the stadium, um, your story on Sunday said it exceeded expectations both in terms of finances and operations in its first year. Uh, why was it? Why did it do so well? You know, I think it was, uh, as far as the financial performance, I don't know that that's a huge surprise. CSU fans were really excited about this new venue, this new stadium. People wanted to check it out. The premium luxury boxes, loge boxes, all that stuff, New Belgium Porch, OCR Field Level Club, those things all sold out really, really quickly once they made them available to the public. General season tickets, 
really maxed out. They had to kind of figure out in August where they were going to cap them. They had already sold some mini plans, um, three-game mini plans, and they started getting worried about, you know, do we have capacity to keep handling more season tickets? 15,477 season tickets, which was a significant increase over the previous school record which had been set last year at Hughes so um, now admittedly some of those last year at Hughes were people wanting to come the last year of a historic venue now you've got people that wanted to be the first year of this new facility um, so from that part of the revenue projection I think everybody was probably expected it to perform very well they don't yet have all the expenses in so there could still maybe be a surprise but they've talked to the different or vendors and all, Fort Collins PD, City of Fort Collins, Transport, the various entities that are still billing them through the end of this month. And they feel pretty good. You know, um, Tony Frank said that it will outperform by many millions of dollars, even their highest, some of their highest projections. So we won't know until May when they pull out the exact detailed balance sheet for the Board of Governors and make that public exactly what the financial performance was because then you'll have a breakdown but certainly it's a significant increase from the 3.6 million a year they were bringing in for a season at Hughes the biggest shock to a lot of people really I think even some of the people involved were a little surprised involved in all this five years worth of extensive planning and how game day operations are gonna work on campus throughout the city involving traffic parking just getting people to and from the stadium getting you know it was an average of 32,000 fans to and from the stadium on game days there was that's where all the concerns we kept hearing from the community were people with the city the university others got very very involved in working on that and uh, and I think uh, I think Joe Olson probably put it best the city traffic engineer and said he felt like they over-engineered. He goes, that's a good thing. We just we planned it so extensively that we were over-prepared for problems that never materialized. There really were no traffic jams. There really were no major parking issues. I mean, yes, there were some cars towed from some neighborhoods. 155 total were towed from surrounding neighborhoods. But as Tony Frank said, you know, he said he watched one of those cars being hooked up and it was literally parked underneath a sign that said, do not park here or you will be towed. Yeah. He, he said at that point, what more can you do? So, you know, I think they felt very, very good about that. Way more people used public transit, which the planners said a significant number of people would walk, bike, use Macs and other transport routes but they really did. It wasn't just a projection. The reality is they really did, and they probably never had, I think, at their, their average number of vehicles that drove two games parked in any of the lots on campus or even were shuttled in from the south campus was under 5,000. A full house game at Hughes, it was 10,000. Mm. So we're talking they reduced the traffic load of people getting in their cars and driving to games by 50%, which... I think is above and beyond probably what anybody thought. Mm. So much of the planning that went into operations for the stadium was in response to concerns that residents had raised about it. Um, 
those those really didn't come to fruition. Not not from what people are telling me. And I talked to Emily Allen with the city's uh, neighborhood services, Jerry Scheiger with Fort Collins Police Services, um, lots of university people from Fred Haberach, campus planner, through different people in the athletic department, Joe Parker, as well as Tony Frank. And uh, they said that, you know, in general, those things just didn't happen. What they had referred to previously as... Uh, Joe Parker used the term, the car going off the road moments, the big disasters that could have occurred. None of those seemed to happen from talking to people. Um, one of the biggest concerns along those was what would happen with crowds of fans coming to and from the game and crowds of, depending on who you listen to, crowds of drunken fans, drunken students was the concern. At least this first year, there were really no reports of any problems like that. There was not an excessive amount of litter in the neighborhoods. There was not an excessive amount of complaints of people cutting through yards, um, damaging landscaping, vandalizing things. There, just none of that. Talking to Emily, Emily Allen with the you know neighborhood services, she said there just were very few of those types of complaints. And uh, Jerry Scheiger said his people at the Fort Collins Police didn't respond to any of those types of issues. That was never a problem. They were focused really primarily on traffic was what about all they had to deal with and he said that was great traffic and open container laws yeah um and uh, you know those were those were good things in his mind that that was the biggest issue they had to do was remind people that no you can't walk through neighborhoods on your way to the stadium with an open beer in your hand um that is against city ordinance it's against university ordinance you can tailgate in certain areas you can tailgate in your yard, but you can't go wandering through from you know one neighborhood to another or from one tailgate area to another with open alcohol. Except primarily that was handled through warnings. A uh, lot of the Emily Allen neighborhood services, she said that was a lot of what her people were warning, warning fans going to and from the game about. They both said too that once they mentioned it to people, there were no angry like, what do you mean, I can't do this. They were all very respectful, said, oh, sorry, where can I throw it away? Um, and, you know, and he said they directed him to recycling bins, is what Jerry said. Well, of course, this is for Collins. <laughs> uh, anyway, so those things, I think, went really smoothly, especially relative to the concerns people had going in as to what that would be like there just weren't those problems and then of course there was not the littering problem that they yeah. thought there would be so much of the stadium's success this first year i'm sure is due to the novelty of the facility um in terms of the the football program what do they need to do or what needs to happen with it for this to carry on this at least financial success I, I think that's the biggest question moving forward with this is, yes, your first couple years in a new stadium, the novelty, they're going to draw well. They probably could have been 3-9 and nine this year and drawn well because people wanted to see this new facility. They ended up 7-6, and six, losing a bowl game for the third straight year. At some point, that is, you know, you can already see it with the fan base. People were disappointed with that. That's going to hurt their season ticket sales moving forward. That's going to hurt single-game ticket sales moving forward if they can't elevate their performance in a way to get people excited. It is something Tony Frank mentioned when he was talking about their projections for the future and having to meet that uh, debt service payments down the road that, that will in 2021 become 12.2 million a year 
they're kind of scaled back right now to 7.6 million because they knew there were some startup fee startup costs and other things they didn't have to hit the full goal yet but that's going to be an issue because they're going to need to keep bringing a good amount of crowd they base their financials on roughly a two-thirds full stadium Hmm. um is kind of was what should have been kind of the break-even point so they're going to need to keep making sure they get you know, 24, 25,000 in there on a regular basis. And if your football team's not performing well, if you're playing opponents that don't interest fans, which frankly half of the Mountain West Conference are opponents that don't interest fans, that gets a little bit harder to do. So they're going to need to kind of keep some momentum going and uh, moving forward and and keep playing these. Uh, one thing Joe Parker has done is he's really upped the schedule. They've got, you know, SEC schools coming into Fort Collins. Arkansas is coming for a game next year. It's been a long, long time since uh, I think only one other time has an SEC school ever even played in Fort Collins, and that was quite a while ago. Um, things like that make a difference. All right. Well, thank you, Kelly. It was always good to see you. Nice to talk to you. You ready for Christmas? Uh, not quite. Going to bowl games kind of slows down your Christmas shopping. So got a little bit of scrambling to do here this week to uh, finish getting ready. Have an undecorated tree still oh, sitting man. in the living room. That oh. uh, it's It's been standing for a week and a half since we went up and cut it, but we haven't decorated it yet because we haven't had the whole family together to do it. So hoping to do that here in the next night or two. Oh, very good. Well, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this week's segment of In the Know. In the note is taking next week off because of the Christmas holiday, but we'll be back in January to talk about the stories that are most important to readers and, we hope, listeners. The news tends to slow down during the holiday season, but the Coloradoan will still have some interesting feel-good stories planned for the holiday weekend that we hope readers will enjoy. In the Know can be found online at coloradoan.com, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think about our program. You can find our contact information online at coloradoan.com. I'm Kevin Dugan. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays. Happy holidays.